All right, we're recording. How's it going, man? It's going well. I'm uh, I'm pretty excited to be here. I've been thinking a little bit about some of the ideas that I kind of wanted to bring to the table this week, and not going to lie, I'm a little jazzed. So hopefully you're jazzed about them too, though, so we'll see. I am too, so it sounds like you've uh, been preparing. You've been thinking about this all week. I have been. Well, I mean, we've done a couple of them before, and when you're like, hey, you want to come and hop on this week? And I was like, yes, sir. So uh, I'm, pre- I'm pretty stoked. So Dude, You're putting yeah. us up on a pedestal, and I feel like... I know. Like, I, I'm raising the expectations too high, and then everyone that's listening is just going to feel like, man, you're like, you promised me this bajillion-dollar idea, and here I am with just, you know, the number, another, like, Uber for X type of scenario. But we'll go. We'll see. We'll see. There are some good Uber for X ideas for what it's Yeah. Like. Yeah. No, I, you're I right, know what you're you right. mean. Some like generic, like, yeah, college bar app. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, then let's get into it. Uh, which I do you want to go first or want me to go first? Uh, why don't you go first? Okay. I'll, I'll tee it up with a, um, an easy one because <clears throat> this is, I just talked about this uh, in my newsletter this week. But, um, Oh, okay. I probably read this. Yeah. I do think that there's some like augmentation that I would make to it after the fact, uh, that might be more interesting. Right. Okay. So the basic premise was, um, combining erotic newsletters with only fan creators. Right. So here's like the basic problem statement. Um, the erotic or romance newsletter space is crazy big and I'll give sort of a hat tip to the, uh, my first million guys, um, okay. because I think that they uh, do a really good job. Uh, uh, they did a really good job of sort of describing all of the, the greatness that that is this erotic newsletter space. Mm-hmm. So um, here's the gist of the the sort of breakdown of it. Right, it's like a 1.4 billion dollar industry. Um, it's I think the largest of all of the genres of uh, literature. Um, like right behind like fantasy maybe. Um, and like the most fantasy is in like sci-fi or fantasy is in like, don't quote me on this, but yeah, I think it is like something like fantasy okay. fiction, right? Like, uh, oh, okay. you know, Dungeons think and like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but then, uh, the readers of, uh, romance novels and erotic fiction read like five times more than the next leading category. So they are like, what is it? voracious i think that's the word readers um point being is that it's kind of a hot market so the problem yeah, though in more ways than one am i right exactly uh no <laughs> pun intended um but what's interesting about this is that there's like a few really big players in the online space and their websites look like trash like yeah. actual trash um like yeah. think craigslist but worse like it's bad so uh i think lit erotica or maybe litrotica.com um, and then nifty short stories, nifty fiction stories. I'd have to go find Is this it. Is safe for work? Can I look this up? Uh, it's semi safe for work. Like some of the titles, <laughs> but there's not like actual porn on it. Um, sure. Let me see if I can find the name of the other one. Because uh, you should look Oh, it up. God. These are awful. Yeah, These they're are super bad. Super, super bad. Um, so it's anyway. like Web 1.0. Right. Like looks like they were actually built in the nineties and never updated. The problem is I think it's very hard to dethrone these, these types of companies because you can't like advertising is very difficult in this space, right? Like 
any major mm-hmm. ad platform says no. If it's sex-related content, like Google can't. AdWords or Google Facebook, AdWords, Facebook, Facebook probably for sure. But yeah, none of them you can you can run ads in the space. So um, it gets sort of hard to like, and they've got so much good SEO at this point. Like it's hard to like knock them off the top. That said, here's the idea. I think to solve this distribution challenge, you could partner with OnlyFans creators and create short erotic novels around their likeness and personality and have them market it to their audience, right? So to give an example, and this is the example I gave in the newsletter, say you have an OnlyFans creator named Ashley and uh, whoever starts this business, you write a story called, called Ashley's Adventures and it's like this erotic novel or whatever and she just sells it to her audience. Super simple. Mm. Okay. Now, so, go ahead. So is the business like a content house? Like, uh, like well, I guess what, and maybe you'll get into this, but are you thinking like white label? So like, hey, company writes these 10 articles and then these 10 articles go out to these hundred people, or do you think it's like one off or maybe a, a hybrid of the model? Or I think it's really interesting around the distribution problem. Cause I actually just checked out their SEO on it too. Um, and it's actually insane. And like the only other way I can think about it is th- there's some service that does like paid advertising on uh, yeah, junkie traffic junkie. Traffic traffic junkie. junkie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's the only, I th- I really think this is a unique, uh, you know, marketing avenue to go down too. So yeah, uh, I'm interested to hear about how you think about the logistics of the company too, but go ahead. So I don't know what I would do if it would be, I think it would be a hybrid, right? I think what I would do because, so I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. The question was, would you just be a content house and make unique stories for every single OnlyFans creator or would right. you like a templated story that you just sort of swap out names? Mm-hmm, I think I would try right. to do a hybrid um, because you need enough content that's interesting or like unique to the OnlyFans creator, I believe, to make it like, oh, this is my story and you couldn't just completely, you know, rip it off. Um, and the other hand, you don't want to have like completely custom stories every time because that's just hard. It's just a lot it of work. It doesn't scale. I mean, it, it makes it scale very super well. hard. Um, I don't know. Like, like that. So I would try to take a hybrid approach at first. So have some things be templated and some things be like kind of uniquely their own using mm-hmm. some of the like themes that they have to their channel or whatever it is. Um, I think could be really, really interesting. Um, now, all that said, here's the one flaw with the idea. And here's the, the uh, augmentation I would make to it post sending it out. Um, so, uh, most erotic fiction is read by women and it's like 80 oh, it's super percent. interesting. Yeah. So uh, women are the primary readers and on only fans. Oh yeah. I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Men are the primary consumers, right? right? So there's kind of a mm-hmm. mismatch in audience. Now I don't think it's a, there's a deal breaker because I do think there's a ton of males out there that like would do anything like like, not to be scummy about it but like they would totally they're already paying for this like sex content they would for sure pay for the next level up if they could feel like they're more intimate engaged right right. but here's the better idea i think is if you did audio erotic fiction because that's much more consumed by men um in comparison right like i think it's it's still mostly women but it's definitely higher up uh, uh hmm. for men on the like consumption standpoint and if you could do erotic novels by the woman um and just or, have them read it capture the audio yep. get it transcribed i mean you can kind of scale it out that way too if you go down the transcri- transcription way too. exactly uh that's what i think i would do and i think there's a few unique ways that you can actually get audio 
um, uh, that, that doesn't require them to be the voice actor, but um, that's, I, I haven't actually looked into that. So, so I think that is, could be an interesting product. Yeah. Um, this is, I don't know if it's still down the same route. So is this something that it would just try to plug in like a link tree, like on their like Twitter or Instagram or something like that? Or um, like, does it work like that? Or or do you think it's like an integration into OnlyFans? Like, what are, what are your thoughts? I mean, the acquisition strategy seems like very clear. You know, if you can get some traction in the space, I mean, there's a lot of money just yeah. in like porn in general. So, I mean, like getting acquired, I think is a great, you know, strategy for this business. And I don't think it's that hard to do. Right. Um, so I think like meeting an end goal is really interesting, but um, again, I just kind of, I'm, I'm thinking about the logistics here and kind of how to break that down for the listeners. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it would have to be exclusively for OnlyFans creators. Like we're really put it this way. That I think is true, but also I don't think you would only be able to advertise it via OnlyFans. I think for sure you could have it be in your like link tree on Instagram because for OnlyFans creators, my understanding is that very few of them are just personalities on OnlyFans. Most of them got their following somewhere else from just being like an Instagram model or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, it works with like audience. it works with like porn actresses in general, right? Um, I mean, the other thing, and I don't know what the ethics are around this, or if it's even like you know terms of service legal. But my first thought was like Twitch streamers, though, too. Like I know that there is a lot of like. I'll just put it this way. There's a lot of gray area right yeah. now with Twitch specifically and kind of like what are influencers and who's getting the eyes, who's getting the attention, what are they, what can they sell? What can't they sell? What can they do? And that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I, you know, it's, I think there's varying degrees of, we'll call it intensity <laughs> that yep. you can have with this content to meet different audience needs at the same time too. Yeah. I mean, we can we can move on here too, but the reason why I like OnlyFans as the avenue, it's for a couple reasons. One, the creators are already comfortable with creating sex-related content. And two, their audience True. is already paying for sex-related content. True. Now, Makes sense. If you could get like a hot fucking Twitch streamer to do this like like audio novel erotica thing, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. Should, for sure, she could make a ton of money because I, I get it. Like that's what a lot of people watch the female Twitch streamers for. Um, there's that sort of enticing, you know, ooh, she could be my girlfriend. Um, yeah. Well, but, I mean, even if you just take sex out of it, I mean, just think of it. I mean, that's even its own ideas, you know, just audio content for Twitch streamers and the audience that they have too. I mean, right. that in and of itself is a really interesting concept. But um, yeah, I, I I think uh, I think it's a it's a really hot space as you kind of put it. Um, I like this idea. I think there's traction. I think there's a clear acquisition strategy. I think there's a lot of different ways that you can go down this. So in terms of like experimenting and going down different routes, I think there's a lot of plus side up there too. So um, yeah. I think it's pretty solid. I'm glad I have your blessing. Let's uh, <laughs> move on to the next one. Uh, people don't need my blessing to go out and work on this stuff. I okay. Um, so here's uh, one of my overhyped ideas. Okay. So um, there's this thing that happened. It's called COVID um, where people are, you know, basically locked in their houses, can't go anywhere, blah, blah, blah. Well, I, for one, super miss like social settings as well as like, billions of other people or millions and um 
one thing that I've been thinking about was, and it, and it kind of, you know, it got like a more intense, the more I thought about it just because of COVID. Um, but what I would really like is, um, I'm trying to figure out the best way to put this. So think about like in a bar, right? Like pre COVID, like bars. Um, I mean, you, we could take a college town for an example, right? Those bars are freaking packed. Yep. Like shoulder to shoulder, especially like in the summertime, it gets awful. The biggest linchpin that I see with bars is like how much personnel they have. Yeah. So I was thinking about like, how do you automate bars? Um, and so this is kind of like where the fun comes in is I was thinking about how do you, how do you make bars one more fun, but also eliminate and try to uh, automate a little bit of those processes. So the, the general concept of the idea is to have uh, basically like, um, like, you know, when you go to McDonald's and they have like where you get like Coke and Sprite and like those yep. dispensers, uh, those are self-serve for like mixed drinks and beer. So mm -hmm. all I'd have to do is just like go up there, swipe my card, bring my glass up there and just like refill my drink. And it just like automatically charges it. I don't have to wait in line. I can get as much as I want. I don't have to wait on anybody. Um, and I know that there's like whole, this whole like hot debate about like, should you tip? Should you not tip? What do you tip right. on? Blah, blah, blah. Um, I think it's really interesting. Now, the more I thought about it, I was like, this is like a, this is like a layup for bars. This is like a no brainer. Why right. doesn't something like this exist? Now I haven't done a ton of research into it, but what I think is there has to be some legality reasons behind it. Like possibly like the one that came to mind was uh, over serving, right? Usually like if you have a waitress, like they'll kind of like limit you after a certain point or, or yeah. that sort of thing. It, I think it's gotta be like a mandate or something because I mean, like this is, I, I don't want to call it like the most novel idea, but I mean, it's something interesting to think about, but I'm like, it's not something that I'm the first guy to think of this with either. Right. But I guess, uh -huh. what are your thoughts on the concept in general? Yeah, I love it. I mean, I, I thought that as you were saying it, I'm like, why is this? Like, I never, I never thought about it, right? I just like, sure. accepted the way the world works in the bar scene. Mm -hmm. Like, why mm -hmm. isn't that a thing? Restaurants do it. Um, sure. I agree that maybe, oh, not knowing, right? That I have to believe it's some legality thing because it's like, yeah. You cut so much know. cost doing that. Like the, the amount of bartenders that you'd have would just uh, yeah. decrease significantly. And on top of that, I know there's a huge issue in the bar industry of like uh, standardizing drink pours, right? Like getting the right mixture. Um, both from a cost savings perspective, like don't over serve people, like pour two shots in when you're only supposed to pour one. But all, even on the consumer side, it's like, this drink tastes like ass. Like I just wanted like a good Moscow mule and you made all of the, the ingredients. Like, you know, it's all wrong. Um, right. I'm Googling it right now. That's why I'm a little, I'm trying to figure this out. Like I, like I said, I haven't done too much like research into it. It was just something I was thinking about and was like, dude, like you put an arcade in there, you put some like games in there to where right. it's like, Oh dude, that would Even be so much like fun. Your, to... your staples, right? Like vodka, soda, rum and Coke. Rum and Coke, seven. Right. Yeah, like, like exactly. none of the crazy stuff, right? You don't need to be serving like, you know, I don't even know what a crazy drink would be, but like martinis or old fashions out of it. You could just do right. The super I mean, from stuff. like, it seems like such a layup from like the bar side too. Like specifically to your point about like automating drink pours, like think about it. Like, okay, in the long run, no brainer that it's like right. literally going to pay for itself. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's got to be some, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's something going on with it to like why this can't happen or, or what's going on. Um, but like, I think there's also a lot of different avenues to go down. Like you could be the company that like makes these machines. 
Right. Or you could be the company that repairs these machines. Like there's a lot of like interesting, I mean, you can go down the, we'll call it quote unquote franchising right now. Um, but there's, there's a lot of interesting like distribution methods around this company as well that I was kind of tinkering with. Huh. I like it, man. I mean, I, I genuinely mm-hmm. think that it would be a game changer for a very big industry. Um, yeah. I wonder how big the bar industry is in general. I bet it's pretty huge. I mean, uh, multiple multiple billions 25.8 billion bars and nightclubs in the u.s market size in 2021 interesting yeah dude that's a and i i I actually think i don't know what your defensibility around it is after you build it and like i dude i i'm just so he's got to play patents or something maybe you know for any listeners out there i mean maybe that's where you start is just try and go like search around on patents see what's out there and then kind of like work backwards from there um, yeah. I did a few, I just did a few Google searches, couldn't come up with anything. Um, but sometimes my Google food just isn't on point. Sure. Or the other method is like this, we are sitting here <laughs> go being talk like, this, to people. Yeah. This is a no brainer. Just go find five bar owners or managers or people who are privy to all of the bar things and just go talk to them about this. Like, why isn't sure. this a thing? Like, what are the problems with doing something like this? I know 100%. historically a bar owners get hit up for shit all the time. Like everybody tries to sell stuff to bars and same with the restaurant. Yeah. And also they're pretty cheap, right? Like in general, mm-hmm. most bars are like, no, I'm not going to spend money on this thing. So I don't know why if, if I don't think that would be the, the deal breaker, but maybe it's just a super hard industry to sell to. True. Yeah, it definitely could be. Yeah, I know. I mean, so I live in Iowa here, but like one of the interesting things with like, bars restaurants here is like we have like a and i'm not sure if this is universal uh like like across the united states but they have this like the rule of three as i call it um you can't be a brewery sell heart or you can't distribute your own beer have hard alcohol and a restaurant you can't do all three you can only choose two out of the three so you know just even just thinking about that as a regulation like i'm sure there's got to be something about like hey you can't have machines in here doing this type of thing but Right. I digress. Because huh. sometimes okay. they, they institute those laws just to like keep people employed. Yeah. I mean, that's also true too. But like, okay, we can I keep know. going on this. Yeah. But like, I, yeah. I, I, I just don't know. That's a different, that's a different talk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's move on to the next one. Um, this one's sort of a fun idea that I had. Uh, and I did a little bit of research on it. And like, there's really nobody competing in this space. But the caveat is I think it might be hard to pull off. So, uh, here's something that I think would be a super fun project for somebody to work on. Um, there's been recently a lot of hype around mm, like murder mystery stuff and like haunted horror things. And it, more than that though, experiential group activities, right? So I kind of want to like bridge these two together. I had an idea a while back where I was talking about like murder mystery walking tours and this sort of got me thinking about other things. So here's a fun one. I, I personally would pay for this because it'd be I think it'd be super fun. I would love to stay the night in a haunted house, right? Um, so everybody kind of has this like fantasy of like if you're into horror stuff, like ooh, if I could go to an actual haunted place. Realistically, there's very few places that even let you do that. Um, let alone like they existing, right? There's just few places. Uh, but what I think you could do is recreate an experience like that in an Airbnb, right? So you could be a company that goes in and like manufactures this like horror experience for a night for all of the guests, charge a premium, 
and just have this like scare fest over the course of like, say they get in at 10 PM and they leave at 6 AM. And it's like, you stayed the night in this haunted, haunted place. Right. Um, that would, that's, that's kind of my idea. Bro. I love it. I mean, yeah. Uh, I think it'd be super cool. I, I just have so many thoughts running through my head. I'm trying to find the right words, but dude, I seriously love this idea. I think there's a lot of interesting ways that you can automate a lot of this, but I think yeah. that human element touch, like to be honest, like these Airbnb owners, they, I mean, they treat this as a business as they should. I mean, it's generating income, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, I got a couple things that I've got like maybe some downsides on, but I think a lot of this can be or automated. But on top of that, I think there's some really unique, you know, human elements that you can put into this too. Um, the first thought that I had was actually you can have tiered experiences. So, you know, you've got like one in, uh, you know, you can call it like LA that, you know, kind of capitalizes on some like the folklore there. Yeah. But I mean, even just, you know, I'm in a cabin in the woods. It was a 40 minute drive up here. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. Oh, right. I got chills just thinking about it. Um, I think, I think it's a, I think it's a banger of an idea actually. Um, I think this would be something that I would pay for too. Not, not something that I'd probably pay for for the weekend. Like if I went to LA, sure. I would probably book the same place for three, four days, but just be like, all right, hey, got a group of friends coming. Saturday night is going to be our thing. Exactly. Bonus points if you don't tell your friends that all of this is going on. Right. <laughs> yeah, it would be super cool, right? Like you get there and like, you know, most, I don't know how you would pull it off. Like that would be the, the art of this is like, how do you make this feel real right. without it being like mm-hmm. gimmicky and dumb? Um, <clears throat> but you could also do this with like, there's so much um, commercial space available now uh, because of COVID and things shutting down. Like even if you rented out like a pretty big commercial space and had this like, like a warehouse, over, like a warehouse, yeah. exactly. And you retrofitted it with like this stuff. And my idea is you charge a premium for it, right? Like you've got escape rooms that are super hot right now. You have these rage rooms. Like people are paying premiums for these unique experiences that they can go to. Absolutely. Um, this would just be another one, right? Uh, and I don't even consider myself a huge horror fan. Like I enjoy horror as a genre. No. But I would do mm-hmm. this even as like a casual fan. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a like there's a place here in Iowa. So we have like this famous thing for us. Um it's called like the Iowa Axe Murderer, but you can actually book the night there and stay right. in the house. It's like, you know, it's like famous where like, I think it was like four or five people, like were just like murdered and like this whole family was just like slaughtered. Yeah. Um, in their house. Um, so no, I, I definitely think there's a lot of appeal around it. I think it's a sexy industry. Yep. I mean, you see, you know, the types of like, I mean, if you just go down like the crime route, you know, think about it just in general of just like crime podcasts and stuff yep. like that. I mean, the um, the living on the edge of your seat industry is hot and it always has been. And I mean, it's going to be that way for a long time too. Right. Um, so no, I definitely, I mean, this is, you know, not to shit on your other ideas, but I think this one is like A plus material from from what we've been, you know, chatting about. I, I'm, I super, super like this idea. I do too. I think that you could also get, it, it'd be easy to get PR and word of mouth around it, right? I think your marketing would literally. You, Something Airbnb could pick up on their Twitter account easily. Right. Uh, it, it would yeah. essentially just be like, uh, uh, you know, your experience working for you. Yeah. I mean, the, well, I, th- I think what, what you're saying is like, there's a lot of virality to it, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. A lot of virality we'll of just being. Like this was incredible. Um, yeah. That said, we are sort of glossing over what I think would be the hard part, which is like 
pulling it, like, like doing the actual work to make this a very seamless, fun experience. But mm-hmm. I do believe that's a solvable problem. Like, like there are people out there that can solve this. Yeah. The only other thing that's on my mind for downsides is Airbnb takes a pretty penny for those types of uh, experience. I mean, as they, I mean, it's their platform, right? You know, yeah. they kind of handle the distribution and marketing for, for you to an extent on that type of stuff. Um, so I definitely think like long-term, like maybe migrating away from something like that. Um, the other thing is I know in, in some certain states you have to live, you have to physically live in that location for a certain amount of time. So I'd be interested to think more about like, hey, what are those locations that aren't so strict around those? Or, or I mean, that's where I'd be looking, I should say. Yeah. You know, where those still wanna... like densely populated places that you can still go and do those sorts of things. But I mean, those right. were the only like two big, uh, you know, downsides in my mind. I, I think I think creativity for the right person um, isn't such a hurdle. I mean, the way that I think about it, I mean, when you were talking about it, like sound systems and lights and, you know, other junk like that i mean there's a lot of people with dj systems that sort of thing that maybe already have some of that infrastructure built out to where you know adding a you know side service or something like that can still make a lot of sense for them i agree so anyway that's uh it's my other one all right you want to do one more uh yeah we can do one more um I know that we've talked about some ideas in the past, but um, I'll talk about this one. So this one was actually in the trends group. Um, I super like this idea. So I'm not sure who had talked about it in the trends group. Maybe you know, uh, but she she had kind of pitched this idea and you know had taken it one way. I've kind of taken it another way um, into kind of like how to position this. But the general concept is like this thing called like an adulting vault, as I think she had called it. Oh yeah, uh, um, so Elaine Zelby, I think is her. I might is that who it was? Anymore, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you saw that in the in the trends email then too. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I super super like this idea, and like this is a hundred percent that I would pay for. Basically, what it is is like once you get to a certain point in life, you start to accumulate a lot of a responsibilities, but also like obligations as well as like other documents and stuff like that. For example, I own a house. I have car insurance. I have house insurance. I've got you know all the documents that i have for my car but on top of that i've got like you know where do i keep the stuff for top of mind like my driver's license number mm-hmm. or my license plate or when are my bills due you know that sort of thing what bills actually exist out there right so th- that was kind of like the the origin of the idea what i think is an interesting play on this actually is uh um and it, this might be a little bit morbid but I've been doing a lot of research into terms of like when, like what happens, like when people die. Yeah. Um, And it's, there is a lot of confusion, like, especially, you know, if it's uh, unexpected or unforeseen, there are so many bills going out one way and so many passwords and so many different accounts. It's like, where do you have a centralized location to where it's like, you can hand off the keys to someone to like handle this stuff, you know? Uh, like where's the will? I mean, granted wills, I think are handled, but it's like, what are all the documents that you have? What's your situation? What needs to get handled? And a lot of that stuff doesn't get, you know, handled in a timely period because no one is really expecting it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of like the way, you know, maybe you started out as an adulting vault, but I think the customer lifetime around a product like this is a long time. I mean, the switching costs to doing something and, you know, pulling your information out are really hard. The major downside that I see is, Hey, I just put my life into this service or product. How do I know it's secure? You're not going to get hacked. All my junk's going right. to be stolen because I mean, you see about that stuff like all the time in the news. 
So I think yeah. it's a really, really, really difficult problem to solve, but I think there's a ton of different value because like I pay, like I have mint that handles like all my bills and transactions. And then I have like lo local storage on my computer for like all my documents, right. but there's just so many, it's so distributed mm -hmm. um, that it's like consolidating it is a hard problem to solve, but there is a massive amount of value in that. I believe. What are your thoughts? Um, okay. I I have mixed feelings on it. I that's like fair. it. I don't know that I would use it, right? Because and that's okay. Like just because I wouldn't use it doesn't mean it's a bad idea. What I think is interesting though is the idea of like pulling all of these documents into one place. That seems like hard, right? Like even mm -hmm. I've got a bunch of stuff that like if I had to find it, I would. Like I could probably do it, but it would be a pain in the ass. I'd be like, ah, I yeah. have to sit through a bunch of stuff. Um but I typically only care about that when I need it, right? Like right now, I'm like, if I had to find my car insurance, like I, I could log in. I don't know that I remember all that stuff, but I could figure it out. Um, so, so okay, a couple things. I see value in having it all housed in one place, but I don't know that I would pay for that for a prolonged period of time, right? I do think it's a super sticky product, but it had to be such a low price because to me, the value yeah. of that is in knowing that I'm like, well, shit, this is only gonna be valuable to me if I like, pay for it. It's kind of like insurance, right? Where it's like, sure. I'm probably never going to use this, but if I do, right, it's going to yeah. be there. Um, but right. insurance is different than like just needing to pull a document. Right. So like, yeah, that's I mean, how I, I think justify about paying for insurance. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. I mean, the primary monetization model that I had come up with is, I mean, it's the same thing that mint does, right. Where they yeah. just have a, a list of advertisers that they bring in uh, and it, you know, goes to a certain, you know, segment of demographics based upon, you know, user profiles and, you know, that sort of thing. So yeah, I still think there's a big business in that just if you go down the advertising route and granted, like there's probably like pro memberships that you can do that you have extra features for. And I haven't fleshed right. all that out, but um, I know that this is something that I would have a pro version for because I've got stuff saved locally. I've got three different emails. Like I've got a junk email, a business email, and a personal email. I don't know where some of this stuff lives and if it's got you know did it get deleted because i didn't save it you mm -hmm. know that sort of thing too with like e you know if you get documents in your email that sort of thing so that's i mean that's why i see so much value is is uh oh, go ahead what if okay i don't know how this would technically work but i hear what you're saying and i feel the same way so the thing that i would pay for is if like just pull all this stuff together for me once and then give it to me like then i can store it wherever i want to store it right Oh, um, yeah, that's interesting. Just pull it all in for me. I've got it now in my folder, and then I can choose where to securely store it. I think that solves a few problems. One, for me anyway. I don't True. have to worry about security of this other company handling this shit. I guess there's gonna, they're still going to be interacting with it, so there's something there that they'd have mm -hmm. to make sure that like mm -hmm. they can't steal my stuff. But then also, um, I don't have to feel like I'm paying for this for years and years for the one or two times I'm going to like need to find a thing, right? You just yeah. do it for me once for a flat fee. And now if I ever need it updated, you can just do it again, right? Like, ah, a few years have gone by. I got a bunch of other shit that's everywhere now. Just pull it all together for me. Yeah. And, you know, the more that I'm thinking about it, you know, just kind of around, I, I think the core problem that we're talking about right now is consolidation. Um, what yeah. I think would be interesting is like a one-time fee for a Chrome extension that goes yep. into my email. I flag an email, extracts the documents, and then, you mm -hmm. know, stores it in uh, Dropbox or, you know, whatever that might be. Yeah, um, I like that. So I think that'd be super you, interesting. Yeah, I, that a, is something I would use. 
Yeah. Especially, you know, hey, pay me five, ten bucks one time, have it for life. I mean, there's a lot of people that would probably do something like that too. Right. We'll pull full, we'll pull uh, three documents for free if you want unlimited documents pulled. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. I like that even better. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Um, so that was my other overhyped idea that, which wasn't really my idea, but something that I was like hyped to talk about, I should say. That's fair. I like it, man. I think, uh, I think there's a lot of different ways you can splice and dice that because it is a huge problem. I completely yeah. agree with you. Um, you, want, you want to tackle one more or your call? I think, I think we should call it. I think we're probably close to 45 minutes to an hour. Um, and I've talked about all my good ones. <clears throat> I've got another good one coming out. Well, I'll probably release this Thursday. It'll be the same time that idea comes out. And then we can do okay. a deep dive on that because I'm excited about that one. But um, okay. before nice. we go, uh, where can people find you on the socials? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Wes Khalifa. <laughs> nice. Uh, a bit of an unorthodox one, but that's uh, W-E-S-K-H-A-L-I-F-A. Um, and I think it's the same for Instagram. Otherwise, it's uh, Wes Merrill with two R's and two L's. Cool, dude. Um, well, I always appreciate our talks. Thanks for jumping on. Well, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, just Kevin O'Rourke. And then you should already be subscribed to the newsletter. But if you're not, brainstorms.io. Get on the list. Love it. Cool, dude. Um, all right. We'll talk later. All right. Have a good week. Bye. See ya.